signals for the Baltimore Colts. Unitas gives to Amici. The Colts are the world champions. Amici scores. Amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rending, exciting, thrilling finish in the history of college football. California has won the big game. Go crazy, folks. This is Phil Steele. This is Mike Burnham. This is Wes Durham. This is Mike Ashley. Woo, mercy, this is handsome Jimmy Vance, the Boogie Woogie Man. Hey, guys, I'm ESPN's Marty Smith, and you're listening to Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Are you ready to rock? Are you ready to roll? Okay, let's do it. You're in the doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk on the WRAD Talk Network, 101.7, 103.5, and 1460. Simulcasting on 710 WFNR. Streaming online at WRADradio.com and the TuneIn app for your phone. Join the conversation now on the Long and Foster Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900. Now your host, Rick Watson. Rick Watson. Team Hotline 639-4900. Text line is 744-2990. Rick at New River Radio. Keon Brown joins us coming up at 635. Bill Roth. The Roth Report at 8.05, and then uh, we'll segue into David Teal as well, Hall of Fame third hour. Louise Baker will be in studio. We're giving away uh, women's basketball tickets for the final couple of uh, home games coming up. So that'll be happening. So be sure to stay tuned for that. Louise will be in studio. Bill will be, I think, in Florida. Not sure. Either way, we'll have him on, and we'll have a lot of fun. And then David Teal. Talk about Tech Virginia and to talk about uh, North Carolina and Duke, neither of which are very good at basketball. It happened again last night. Carolina gets blown out by Wake. This also happened last night. Coming to the end of the third quarter, LeBron James is shot in history.
comes to LeBron James. So, after LeBron made the hoop, he put on these theatrics and he had the big smile and... Then they went out and scored just two points in the fourth quarter and they lost the game. But hey, (laughs) Kareem was there wearing his captain jacket. Like, why wasn't Kareem immediately brought out to the floor? Right? But in any event, LeBron now has the all-time scoring record. You can decipher what that means to you and what it doesn't mean, but... uh, I think it says a lot more that they didn't win. What they need is very important basketball games at home. And then he disappeared after getting the uh, the record in the fourth quarter when, you know, needed him the most. But anyway, Kareem was there, and you can use your own mind and your own era where you grew up to decide whether or not. Because now here we go again with all the – Conversations about the greatest of all time and the impact on the game. And, um, yeah. All right. So, anyway, I'm sure Keon will be excited. It's going to be kind of a a, a bittersweet uh, Keon Brown segment today because uh, he was also uh, very close with uh, Cameron Jones, teammate of Cam's. And Mark Berman has an article in the paper Today, as a matter of fact, talking about uh, Cam was online last night. More details about his life and career as he lost his life early in the morning on Saturday. So, um, I'm sure Keon will talk about that. And it's kind of, (laughs) you couldn't have timed it any better that his segment comes the day after his idol breaks the all-time scoring record. But no, this doesn't mean LeBron's the best of all time. It just doesn't. It just means that, you know, he's scored points, played a lot of games. He's been playing since he was uh, coming out of high school. And the NBA, not the same year by year. The NBA is in, I think, a state where it's lost my interest to a certain degree. The Kyrie Irving, you know, he gets his way by whining. He's a horrible teammate. He's going to do the same thing in Dallas. I don't know why they act like (laughs) <laughs> he's just going to go there and be all happy now. Yesterday he said he felt disrespected, that he needed to be, quote, honored on a daily basis. What? And now Kevin Durant's going to administration in New Jersey saying he might want to force a trade. I mean, at the NBA, what happened to the NBA? It's like all this load management crap that goes on. Too much power went to the players. The fear of the owners, I don't know if it's fear of the owners, but you can tell David Silver doesn't have any control over his own league. The players are ruling that league beyond recognition. Right? The other night, the Nuggets played a game. They're first in the West. They didn't send four of their starters to the game. I think they were playing uh, Minnesota. Somebody like that. I don't know who it was. Memphis, Minnesota, Oklahoma City. Somebody like that. He just didn't send them. 
because of the dreaded low management. Then, of course, they try to say, oh, well, he's got a he's got an ankle tweak. And then if you try to question what they're doing, they'll say, what are you saying, that we can't have injured players? Well, are you questioning the injury? The seriousness? I mean, it's just... Here's all you need to know. The year that the Bulls set the record and went 72 and 10, 72 and 10, Michael Jordan played every one of the 82 games. There was never a thought of this load management. By the way, the National Hockey League plays 82 games as well, and it's a much more physically demanding sport than the NBA, where they don't play any defense and you can take seven steps into the lane and walking is never called. The NBA's all-time scoring leader is one of the biggest culprits of traveling in the league. The league has gotten, I think for a lot of people, a little mundane. For me, it has. And this has nothing to do with the talent of the players. It's just... There has to be some there has to be some kind of legislation where the players just can't run rough shot through this league. And that's what's going on right now in the NBA. It really is. There's no defense, much played whatsoever. I mean the Lakers allowed 133 points last night to Oklahoma City. The league is different. It's different from even five years ago, to be honest with you. But during, during Jordan's era, even shortly after, even when LeBron started coming into the league, when Tim Duncan was around, and that era basketball, it just seems like there's a lack of respect for the game and there's more respect for the lifestyle that comes as a result of the game. The game is just a means to have the lifestyle that these players are enjoying and the reputation as opposed to respecting the game. Michael Jordan played 82 of 72 and 10 season. I mean, look up the numbers. Even after they had clinched everything, it never entered his mind that he wasn't going to play basketball. Here, you have players who will tell you they need a day or two off. I'm not going to travel. Why would I travel? It's only my team. We're at a certain spot in the standings. Why would I travel? I'll save the traveling for the game that won't be called. <laughs> but I think the game in itself is in a transitional state. I think they're in – they may not realize it yet, but the league needs to do something about – Players being able to force the hand of ownership anytime they want. Contracts don't matter. You cause a big enough ruckus, you're going to be a sideshow. And if you want, by the way, if you want to uh, sit out for load management, there has to be some kind of something response from the league. Okay, fine. You want to sit out if you're really hurt? We won't question it. You're telling me that this guy has an ankle injury. That's what they did the other night, the Nuggets, who I, I still think Nikola Jokic is the best player in the league. I mean, he's averaging a triple-double. He's Whether or not the writers and the pressure from ESPN will keep him from winning a third straight MVP, I don't know. But they said that uh, Jokic the other night had a, quote, 
sore ankle, end quote, when he didn't travel to play that game. And I'm thinking, okay, that's fine. He has a sore ankle. Then you have to miss the next two games. There's a minimum. If you're going to miss a game and you're reporting an injury, you can't play for at least three games. We want to make sure that our star players are okay. And then let's see how load management goes. Coaches and then the owners. When you start to need games in the standings where you just throw a game away. Kevin Malone, the coach the other night during the game, was just sitting there with his legs crossed, laughing it up with the fans and the players. I think they lost that game by like 30. Is that something that if you decide, hey, I want to go to an NBA game, Nicole Jokic, the Nuggets are coming to town, then you get there and you find out, wait a minute, where is he? Where's the rest of the starters? Where's Jamal Murray? You think the NBA is going to refund that money? You think the NBA is going to tell the fans, look, we're sorry, here you go, our bad? No, no, they're not. So, you know, it is what it is. But last night, uh, LeBron broke the all-time scoring record. And unless you're from a certain generation, you understand that that doesn't mean that he's the best player of all time. People who change the games are the all-timers. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar changed the game forever for post players. Michael Jordan changed the game forever because the NBA became a worldwide phenomenon while he at Nike branded him to the heights that no athlete had ever seen before. LeBron is a product of what those gentlemen carved out, right, in that era. Most of these players don't appreciate the gravity of which Kareem Abdul-Jabbar changed the game because they weren't alive. They haven't. They just see highlights. They don't understand. The game to them looks foreign at that time. But when you're a little older and you've watched all these different connotations of professional basketball, even though that the athletes are bigger and stronger, and they are, and again, I do laud the talent level of the NBA. There's a lot of talented players out there. I still proclaim it's the most talented the league's ever been, but the dedication to the craft, the love of the game has taken, in I think many cases, not in every case, it's not a sweeping statement, but what it's done, the lifestyle has surpassed what the game is supposed to be to these guys. And I think the fans recognize that I really do. 21 minutes past the hour, just getting started on a Wednesday. A lot going on today. Hope you're well, wherever you might be. Stay with us. Like to hear from you, as always, on the Baker Team Hotline, 639-4900, or on the text line, 744-2990. We'll be back. the other guys and frankly we've heard enough now shut that door and get the hell out of here the grown-ups are talking so sit down and listen yeah, that's right big dog sports talk with rick watson returns next on the wrad talk network yeah, you really got me going 
26 minutes after the hour. I hope you're okay, wherever you might be. Louise Baker will be in studio in hour three. We'll be giving away some women's basketball tickets. Go Roth, the Roth Report at that time, as well as David Teal in a Hall of Fame hour number three. Keon Brown joins us here in about 10 minutes or so. You can call us up, 639-4900, I'm getting quite a few text messages about the NBA. Agreed. It's not the league in which we grew up. It's evolved, and it's not necessarily a positive thing. I want to like the league like I used to. I do. I want to be able to sit down, but it's just, um, you know. And the league's done it to itself. I mean, no rules about who can play in the league. You can go in anytime you want. Which is fine if you're talented enough to do that. But it's just, I don't know. I don't know. Something is uh, missing. I think when you when you perceive that there's a lack of appreciation from the athletes that are playing it, because if you spend your hard-earned money, not everybody has the money to sit courtside like you know a lot of the folks who do that. It doesn't matter how much money they spend, right? If they're spending in uh, courtside seats and all this, they have money, so them going to a game and not being rewarded is fine. But a lot of people, you know, they have to save and really plan on when they're going to a game. And if you're going and you're realizing that certain stars aren't even there or not playing because they're trying to save themselves, and I'm not saying that that doesn't happen over the long course of a baseball season. It does. You'll have a position player. Because, you know, in baseball, sometimes you're playing seven, eight straight days, and sometimes you need to give the catcher a couple days off, right? That's a tough position to be squatted in for that long. Or you need to give shortstop somebody, right? You just need to give somebody a day to kind of unwind a little bit and – but that's a different thing over a 162 six-month season. You know, the NBA is 82 games. These guys are great athletes. But when you have coaches that are also just doing this, and I mean, their need, if you're going to load manage at the very least, you need to send out, there needs to be a release, right? They need to make an announcement. An organization needs to say that this is the game we decided, by the way, fans. If you really care about your fans, here's the game we decided not to send player A, B, C, or D. So you go ahead and make up your own mind whether or not you want to spend money to go watch that game. Or we're going to reduce ticket prices because these guys aren't playing. But you see, they're not going to do that. (laughs) They're not going to do that. All right, speaking of tickets, uh, I was just handed. I have two pair of tickets now for the uh, Virginia Tech-Boston College game tonight. The men's side. So I have two tickets for tonight's Virginia Tech, Boston College, men's game for tonight. So I'm headed into the break. Tell you what, you know what I'm going to do? Because I just, uh, we're going to do some cool trivia later with, uh, with Louise. As I head into the break, call me up, 639-4900. The first two people to get through, you can go see the game tonight if you want to on us. Yeah, how about that? The first two people to call me up, 639-4900. You want to go to the game tonight to see Tech in BC? You can go. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Keon's scheduled to join us. 
So call me up. You want to go see the game tonight? First couple folks to get through, 639-4900. More coming up here on a Wednesday. This guy's awesome, baby. Rick Watson, he's awesome, baby, with a capital A. 25 minutes past the hour here on this Wednesday. Tickets are gone, by the way, for the men's game. We'll have women's tickets later. Those ladies are rocking and rolling, so Louise Baker will be in the studio. Always rocking and rolling, our next guest. He is our basketball correspondent, and normally this would be an absolute day that we'd be uh, celebrating, and uh, he and I would be giving each other a hard time about LeBron, who broke the record last night. But Keon Brown joins us, and uh, I know um, much different situation as we've been talking about here, KB. As a matter of fact, you were the one who called me on Saturday when I was down in Radford to let me know that uh, Cam Jones had uh, passed away, and it's uh, something that is just kind of surreal, isn't it? How are you holding up? I'm not doing the I'm not doing the greatest. I mean, I think that I'm getting better day by day, but the overall feeling is sadness, depressed. I mean, I, it's something that's just been on my mind since you know I got the news. I got the phone call that morning, roughly an hour or so before I had to do you know had to call the Longwood game, and you know it was the hardest game I've I had to call. And, you know, it's just, I'm just not doing okay. I mean, I'm dreading Saturday. I'm dreading, you know, arriving at that church and seeing one of my greatest friends who I've just grown to know the insides and out uh, since we've known each other, obviously being around each other every day at Radford um, and to see him going to be he's going to be landing that cast I don't know what to think I'm I'm praying that when I see my other teammates uh we'll all be getting into Roanoke well mo- a lot of us will be getting into Roanoke on Friday that it'll bring peace and comfort but just thinking about you know his mother who has to bury her son uh no parents should have to bury that bury their child so I'm not okay thinking about his 3 years old daughter who I'm sure doesn't understand what's truly going on right now, but everyone around her does. I'm not okay right now thinking about my teammates who, you know, I got the chance to talk to over the past few days who are just as distraught as I am. I'm not okay right now thinking about his family and friends who I got in contact with or who had contacted me to give me some information I'm not okay right now. Yesterday, like you said, would have been a time for me to celebrate. I was planning on it the whole time to be downstairs in the LeBron room, just waiting for that record to be broken, which I've been waiting for for forever because you knew it was inevitable. It was coming. But I just stayed in the bed the whole time and watched it from my bedroom because I'm just not okay right now. I'm trying. I'm just, like I said, I'm dreading this trip on Friday. 
I am getting better with time. Since Saturday, I had a headache. Yesterday was the first day I did not have a headache, but I did just feel like pressure was on me. Pressure was on my chest, and I felt like, you know, it, it just – I just don't know what to think because it's just such a tragedy. You don't expect it. Right, right. And to, for such a great guy, it's just – Rick, I'm just not okay. But I think with, better, with time, I'll continue to get better. Well, hopefully, you know, when you see some more of your teammates, and I know you guys have been talking and uh, talking to Coach Jones. He actually called me. And, I mean, it's it's just – it reminds everyone how fragile life can be, right? I mean, nobody's guaranteed the next moment of their lives, much less the next day or year, you know. it's And to see this happen to such a young man who was, you know, doing – so many great things. And like you, right, he was teaching. He was, uh, what, teaching yeah. sixth grade. He was coaching basketball. Yeah. He was giving back to the community. I mean, he had found his niche on what he wanted to do. Yeah, he did. And, you know, the last time I, you know, spoke to him, heard his voice was several weeks ago when he actually called me while I was in the middle of class because, and I picked the phone up. Obviously, I'm going to pick it up. And um, he needed some advice on what to do for a lesson plan for math and reading. And I gave it to him, obviously, you know, I told him that, you know, one, I was one of the people who recommended to him teach. And I recommend to a lot of, you know, former athletes who don't know that next step is a field that I think that, you know, former athletes will excel in, in the classroom. And obviously he somewhat took the advice and, you know, he followed in those same footsteps, and I told him, just call me whenever you need anything, I'll help you. And he did that day, and, you know, that's the last time, I, like I said, I got to hear his voice. The last time I saw him was in August. I was with my fiance, my son, and my nephew. We all went to Kings of Men, as we do every summer. And for the second straight trip, the second straight year, we ran into him, and I got to talk to him for a good 40 minutes and, you know, catch up. Uh, like I said, we saw each other the first time, but we were communicating in the group chat. And before we left, I did get to say I, I loved him. So that brings some sort of comfort knowing that he knew that. But like I said, it, it was just out of nowhere. It's out of the blue. Um, I'm just trying to do what I can to get better because – and I, I'm not the only guy feeling like this. It's a lot of the guys on that team feel the same way as I do. And – we're all just just like, man, like where did this come from? And it just hit us like a slap in the face. And it's just – I just can't think straight right now. I don't – it's just tough right now. Well, hey, you lose a family member, right? And that's what it is. You're, you're yeah. part of that big circle, that big family. As Keon Brown joins us on the program with a heavy heart today as we're talking about the life of uh, – Cameron Jones, who, uh, by the way, was a communications uh, guy in college. And yeah. I remember he came to me several times and we had him come out and uh, kind of like when you were going through, right? And he came out yeah. and was asking about the uh, the profession and uh, some things he might be interested in. But he decided wisely so to <laughs> get into education. Uh, but he, you know, he, he had his interest in broadcasting and, and things like that as well because he had that kind of personality. So, uh well, yep. we'll be thinking of you this weekend, man, as uh, we'll be down in Charleston, but our, our hearts and our, our minds yep. will be with all you guys as you say your final goodbyes to Cam. You say that's on Saturday, correct? Yes, that's Saturday at 11 o'clock, and uh, I forget the name of the church, but it's in Roanoke, so okay. we'll all be down there for that. 
Well, we'll try to switch gears here, and uh, we'll talk about your guy, uh, LeBron, last night, yeah. uh, breaking the record. It was a matter of when, not if, and um, he got it done last night in the third quarter. And, and, you know, overall, you know, a lot of these guys that break records, I know when Brady did it and uh, some of these other sports, they just say, hey, it's about longevity. Well, you know, LeBron's been able to do this consistently, though, right? He's not just been out there hanging on and scoring a certain amount of points. When you look at the overview of this, what does this really mean, a guy like that who scored that many points? Because this was one of those records at one time, KB, where you know people thought, well, nobody's ever going to break Kareem's record, right? Yeah, and, and now it looks like nobody's going to break his record because I see him playing another three, four years, which he's mentioned. So I think that as he continues to play, he's averaging 30 points a year, 20. Even if he has a five-point drop-off next year, he'll be sitting at 40, what, 41,000 points next year, which is ridiculous to think about. So that means somebody will have to play at least 21 to 22 years, play all 82 games, and average at least 25 points per game. I just don't see it happening. No chance. I just don't because he is a guy who is, you know, the way that he prepares himself, you can tell that the average NBA player can't do what he does. He's physically gifted. He has the size, the strength, the athleticism, the height, the skill set to do that, to bang with these guys. And physically, he'll just it just keeps him there, and he understands what he has to do. He's one of the smartest basketball players of all time. I think he and Magic Johnson might be 1-1A in that category, and that's why he's able to play so long. And, you know, it's just a record that I don't see anyone breaking. To say somebody will have the career that LeBron has plus some, it's ridiculous. 20 years he's been in the NBA. I was in the second grade when LeBron entered the NBA, and now I'm teaching the second grade. To put that in perspective, (laughs) my mother was in her early 30s when he entered the NBA. My mama is close to knocking on the door of 60 now. So it's like, man – I just you just take your hat off to it because you understand that if you don't, there's a lot of guys I understand that just don't like him, whether you're Kobe guy or Jordan guy, but you have to respect what this guy's doing because at the end of the of the day, what he doesn't do is cheat the game. He does not cheat the game at all, and he's been rewarded with a long career, just a list of accolades, and probably, in my opinion, I think it's hard to argue against the greatest career any NBA player has ever had. Well, and I think your point's well taken. He does have the old-school guard mentality about playing and about respecting the game, and that's what I think the biggest problem is. I don't think a lot of these guys, KB, today, they don't respect the game. I mean, they don't. They they respect the lifestyle, but they don't mind missing, you know, a certain amount of games per year. I can't imagine that happening. And even, you know, he's he's influenced so many of this generation of players that's in the league, I'm really surprised that they don't kind of look at it the same way. I don't know. Maybe it's just the as we evolve further away from when LeBron came up, you know, there's not a whole lot he can do to just show these guys, hey, look, the game is the thing. He might be the last generation, right, where the game itself is the thing. Yeah, he's, he's last. And, well, I like Chris Paul is still there, and he's the guy who doesn't yeah, keep the game as true. well. So that's I would true. say those two guys are the last of, you know, that breed. And, you know, 20 years ago, the game was much different. 
a high scoring game in the NBA twenty years ago was I don't ninety to one hundred. Guys are scoring in the one fifties now. The game has evolved so much. Twenty years ago, you had to have two big men. You had to have a power forward and a center. Now you're playing. You see teams out here playing lineups with five guards. So the evolution of his game, the way he has been able to adjust to the times, is it's unbelievable. It really is. He has so many different primes, so many different versions of himself. When you think of the rookie LeBron, where he averaged twenty six and five. The next year, he drops that up to 28 points from an 18-year-old to 19-year-old average almost 30 points per game. And then you think of that era with the Miami Heat, which I think might have been his best run as, you know, his prime. And then the second stint in Cleveland uh, in 2016 playoffs was the best LeBron James ever. That's the, In my opinion, that 2016 playoff LeBron – sorry, 2017, 18 playoff LeBron was the best – basketball play I have ever seen in my life. If you don't remember, go back and watch that, what he did in that playoffs and who was on that Cleveland team is unbelievable. And then, obviously, now what you see in L.A., people think the way that he plays now is what he always was, and it's not true. He is not what he used to be even right now. He's just so smart and able to evolve and just has such a high IQ that he's able to continue to dominate the game in a different way by essentially converting himself to a point guard slash power forward to keep his career going and to remain the guy that he's been over the last few years. He's in year 20, but this is his 19th straight year averaging at least 25 points per game. Nobody has ever done that, and it's going to be hard for somebody in the future to do it. Well, finally, let me ask you, um, what in the world is wrong with North Carolina? They look like they didn't care. I mean, they were down by 26 last night in the second half to Wake Forest. I, I think last night showed me once and for all, KB. Tell me if I'm wrong. They got paid, and they just don't care because they did not listen to anything Hubert Davis was trying to do. They were taking horrible shots. They were just – I mean, that was one of the worst performances I've seen from a college basketball team that has all that talent in a long time. Yeah, it's bad. I think they were, before the last three games, they were on a streak where it looked like they were on the rise. They were 7-1 and one, uh, in that span, and now they are on a three-game losing streak, losing to Pitt, Duke, and Wake Forest. It is bad in Chapel Hill right now. I still wouldn't be surprised if they made the tournament. They're on the bubble right now, as well as Kentucky, and I think that the the voters for the field will, you know, get those guys in, the committee will vote North Carolina in, the committee will vote Kentucky in because it's always a better tournament just to have those two blue bloods on there. I think it's going to be hard to say no unless they just fall directly on their face, which they have the chance to do because their schedule coming up is not easy. Clemson, Miami, NC State left, um, UVA left, Duke again. There is a chance that North Carolina could, you know, and it's right now, if they had to, if I had to choose, I would say they wouldn't, they shouldn't be in the tournament. The ACC has been a disappointment. Some teams are uh, having a roller coaster season, but those guys are leading the charge as one of the most disappointing teams in the history of college basketball. No team yeah. has ever started yeah. preseason number one and missed the tournament, and they're on the verge of doing that. They are. They are. 
Well, listen, brother, I uh, appreciate you coming on, man. I know it's uh, difficult right now for you. And listen, uh, my thoughts uh, go out to you and everybody there and his family. Um, thinking about you, and you know I'm here for you if you need anything whatsoever, man. We're all kind of feeling this right now. Yeah, man, it's a tough one. Uh, like, But talking about it with you makes me feel better, so that's good. I'm sure I'll go to another spell or later, but I'll, we'll be okay. We'll make it through. I'm a believer, and I understand that you know my mom and my grandma are, are praying women, so I, I'll, I'll be okay at the end of the day. It's just tough right now, but, brother, I love you. I appreciate you. All right, man. Love you too, brother. Stay safe, and uh, we'll talk again next week. All right, brother. All right, that's Keon Brown joining us, our basketball correspondent. Great stuff for him. And uh, you can just uh, imagine, you know, you have family members and then you have teammates that you spend so much time with and get to know, and they stay part of your life for your the rest of your life. And uh, appreciate Keon coming on. Tough time. Tough time. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back, and we'll wrap up hour one after this. Started correctly with the finest sports talk known to all mankind. Pretty good. It's pretty, 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 pretty good. Big Dog Sports Talk returns next on WRAD. All right, we are finishing up uh, our number one. Had a caller or two there during the break. Yes, we did give away our uh, men's tickets for the game tonight. But we will have women's tickets courtesy of Louise Baker. She's going to be in studio with Bill Roth, and these ladies are on an absolute tear. Tickets for their final two home games. You can go out and uh, support uh, Kenny Brooks' squad. They're playing really well, and I think they're going to have a very strong postseason. I really do. Bill Roth and David Teal in that third hour as well. So good stuff going on. We'll have Louise in studio. We're going to come back, and I want to talk a little more about, you know, I'm thinking about this Carolina situation with the NIL a little bit, and I want to get your thoughts too as we go along here. But these guys all got paid, some very handsomely, uh, we don't know direct figures. You just hear certain numbers and things like that. I mean, there were some reports that Baycott got a million to stay. And you see the performance of this team. You watched them play last night, if you did, and they were just acting like the last place they wanted to be is on a basketball court. And here's Carolina now, definitely on the tournament bubble. I mean, they're... They've lost nine games. They're just one game over 500 in the ACC. I think they're a sterling example. And I'm not trying to pick on them. I'm really not a Carolina fan because I know you're very frustrated. And this isn't trying to single them out or to put them down. But I think they are a program that can be held up as an example. As to when we look back on where we're headed in the future, and of course you cannot predict these things because nobody would have ever predicted we would be in a NIL situation where schools have to collect money now to pay athletes to either stay or come to their school. But what I think Carolina basketball is showing us right now is 
The NIL market self-correction is on its way. I really believe that. And we've already seen it. We had the controversy with Florida and the recruit. We're going to get into that a little bit because it is our reality of collegiate sports going forward. And I think Carolina basketball is going to be one of those that we hold up and say, well, remember what happened to that 22-23 Carolina team after all this money was committed to them. We'll get into that. More on LeBron breaking the record. Whatever else is on your mind, we'd love to hear from you. Bill Roth, David Teal on hour number three. We'll be back for hour two.